Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. In the past few weeks, we've been sharing stories of hope with you from people in our Janesville campus. And I'm excited about another one that we're about to share with you right now. Many of you have gotten a chance to know the Kingsley family, and if you haven't, you really should. Aaron and Gretchen Kingsley have become friends of mine, uh, who I'm just, I'm grateful to have them as a part of our church. They have five incredibly awesome children, and part of their story of hope surrounds what God has done in bringing three of those kids into their family through adoption. I've gotten to see two of those girls come into the youth group and give their hearts over to Jesus. It's been absolutely awesome. God is continuing to work out a story of hope in and through this family. Hey, Aaron and Gretchen, I appreciate you guys being with me to uh, just talk about your story of hope. Um, you guys have adopted three children, and it's a, I've been a, a part of your life in that and seen it be a, a, a big part of your life, a difficult part at times. Um, what was it about these adoptions uh, that sometimes it just felt like it was a huge mountain, maybe too big of a mountain to climb? Initially, right from the get-go, it's finances. You know, financially, I think is something we, you know, as humans naturally worry about. Um, you know, you worry about your car payments, your house payments, and it's constantly, you know, a conversation within the home. And when you think about the adoption and the cost that goes with it, it just, it feels like a mountain on top of you. It just feels insurmountable. We went through a year and a half process with our two older girls from Ukraine. Malia and Mira were 14 and 15 as we went through the process. And it was dirty, nasty process, um, a lot mm -hmm. of corruption. And there were moments that we thought for sure our adoption was going to crumble. You know, also it's the thought of, you know, someone else's children. You know, how can we take... You know, we already have two children of our own, you know, Natalie and Nolan. So it's the thought of taking in other children and how are they going to fit in the family? Are they going to like us? Are they going to like them? Um, you know, how is that all going to work? So you guys mentioned plenty of the logistical things that became mountains uh, in this process. But what were the, the biggest mountains in your heart that God had to do work in moving? For for me, the biggest part, you know, because Gretchen, right from day one, you know, was called and moved to want to bring other children into our home. And I I was content and happy and almost selfish. You know, I, I had my son, I had my daughter, you know, we had a great job, great home. Um, and I, I didn't want to give any of that up. And I felt like I would be if we took in other children, you know, and I didn't know what these other children were going to be like, you know. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, opening up my heart and allowing, you know, um, myself to love, you know, other children. Um, and it, it truly has been an amazing process because, I, you know, I love them just as much as I love, you know, my own biological children. Truly understanding, is this what God is calling us to do or is it just something that's in my head? Um, God, are you sure this is, this is what you're calling us to do? This seems like more than we can possibly handle. You can't possibly ca be calling us to do this. And I think what I always went back to um, 
is that quote or saying that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies those that he calls. Um, and because we surely were not qualified, we were underqualified. Um, I barely feel qualified enough for my own children. <laughs> you want me to, you know, to raise some other children. And there's still days that are hard. This is, we're not by no means out of the valley. We brought home a six-year-old with special needs. He has Down syndrome. And so during all of this stay-at-home order, we're also learning to have grace and be patient with one another. Um, and that can be very difficult at times. With Levi, you know, he is 100% mama's boy. And, you know, he'll give me the time of day when he wants to, but that's, it's few and far between. And that, that's hard for me because I'm used to, you know, being the funny dad and, you know, always interacting with my children and getting them to laugh. And, you know, the fact that he doesn't always want to be with me, it's hard for me. Um, and I don't always know how to deal with that, you know, and so, you know, the Lord is constantly opening up my heart, and I see glimpses of things getting better, um, but just as quick as I do, things, you know, crumble right back into my lap again. Uh, we just have to, you know, keep getting up every day and keep praying and, and keep moving forward. So we've been talking about these mountains, and what do you think was, if anything can be tough for God, what do you think was the tougher thing for God in moving the the mountains of the logistics of getting these adoptions done or the mountains of what he had to do in your guys' hearts? 100% for me, it's my heart. For both of us. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It's moving our hearts and he is still doing that today. This was by no means our desire from the beginning. Neither one of us grew up saying, yeah, we want to adopt. Um, this was not our plan from the beginning. From the beginning, this was God's idea. He planted this in our hearts. Um, and because of that, it was that much probably more of a task for him to win our hearts over because um, we're both stubborn people. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I was stubborn. I kept saying, no, absolutely not. Quit bringing this up. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Natalie and Nolan, you know, they had to give up their homes, their bedrooms, you know, their, um, I mean, their lives have been uprooted, you know, and through this whole thing, you know, they've had their struggles, but for them to still be as awesome as they are, you know, and still going with the flow, I mean, just speaks, you know, to how God works in all of our hearts and not just us, but, you know, Natalie and Nolan. As humans, it's human nature to take control and to want to, um, do what you want to do when you wake up in the morning. And we had to learn that it was no longer our plan, but it was 100% God's plan. And if it was going to be successful, we had to put all of our faith into him. Guys, I really appreciate you guys uh, telling your story of hope. Uh, I think it's a story of hope that can speak to a lot of people where we're at right now. Uh, the mountains that we've got in our lives, but the mountains, especially in our hearts, that, that we want to let God be moving in. So thank you guys. Matthew 17, 14 through 20. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? 
bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. What Jesus said there, it seems impossible, doesn't it? Moving a mountain doesn't seem like something that's in the realm of possibility. In fact, just climbing a mountain, to me, it seems pretty impossible. I've, I've talked about this movie before. It's a movie called Free Solo. If you haven't watched it yet, when this service is done, just get on Hulu or whatever you need to to watch Free Solo. I, I wish I could show you a clip of this movie right now, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that doing so, I'd be breaking tons of laws or whatever. So, so let me tell you just about the movie. A professional climber named Alex Honnold, he decided that he wanted to climb this mountain called El Capitan. Okay, wait, I, at least I think I can show you a picture of the rock, okay? So here's the rock. Now, it doesn't give you great perspective just looking at this picture on the screen, but those trees are way closer than the rock. That rock is like 3,000 feet from, from base to summit, and it's virtually straight up. It wasn't just that Hanel decided to climb this rock, though. It's that he decided to do it free solo without any ropes, without any safety measures in place, uh, you know, if he's gonna fall, he's fallen to his death. People, you don't know how close I was to dying just watching this movie while he was climbing that mountain. There were times where he was like, he's like holding on with one arm and he's upside down, he's in all these weird contortions. Oh man, it's, it was awful and amazing all at the same time for me to watch this movie. It was literally the most awesome and seemingly impossible athletic achievement that I have ever witnessed in my entire life. But this guy showed me that maybe impossible isn't ever quite as impossible as I make it out to be. If this guy can climb this nearly flat-faced 3,000-foot mountain, what can God do with the mountains in my life that I'm not giving him credit to conquer? The passage that was just read from Matthew 17 has Jesus telling his disciples that if they have just enough faith, they can actually move mountains. But let's, let's get a little bit more context as to what was actually happening before this moment in time. Have you ever seemed to notice that it seems like the biggest mountains and obstacles in your life, they kind of come just at the point where you've been on the top of the mountain. You come down from the mountain, all of a sudden it's like you're in this valley. Well, Jesus, along with Peter and James and John, probably his three closest friends, they had literally and figuratively just come down from one of those most amazing mountaintop experiences that, that you're ever going to see. When Matthew 17 rolls around, that's what they're coming from. They went up on this mountain together and they were praying and all of a sudden, the appearance of Jesus' face, it completely changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. And then Moses and Elijah, they appeared to him, and it says they appeared to him in glory. And they were talking with Jesus. And the three disciples witnessed all this, and they saw Jesus in his glory. 
They even heard a voice from heaven call out to them, and it called out, This is my son whom I love. I mean, can you imagine hearing that? They've just experienced both literally and figuratively the mountaintop experience of their lives. And it's interesting that it's in this story, immediately following this, that Jesus speaks of having the faith to move mountains. I'm going to turn over for a few minutes here uh, to one of our Beloit teaching pastors, Ray McElroy. I wonder if I got anybody listening today who you understand what it's like to have a mountaintop experience and the minute you leave to space, you get hit with some adversity or a bad phone call or a poor report. Bible says that this father comes to Jesus who had a son that was demon possessed. And the father says to Jesus, my son uh, gets thrown in the fire and recently and, 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 and knocked down a whole lot. And, and the demon tries to drown him. And, and I tried to bring him to your disciples. You know, those dudes that say they love you. Those dudes that say they walk with you every day. Those dudes that say they serve you. And, and I tried to have them help him. But your disciples couldn't drive out the demon. And the Bible says, everybody, Jesus, fresh off a mountaintop experience with God, literally almost loses it on his disciples. Goes off on them. And it's like, ah, you evil and perverse generation. How long do I got to put up with you? How long... Do I got to deal with you? That's literally what the Bible says in Matthew 17 that Jesus communicates. Then he says to the father, uh, bring me your boy. Father brings the boy. Jesus heals the boy instantly, sends the boy home with his father. Meanwhile, the disciples are looking befuddled and confused like, Jesus, I just don't understand. Why is it that we couldn't drive out the demon? And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, he says, because you're not yet taking God seriously. He says, the simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed say, you would tell this mountain move and it would move. There is nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. And everybody, as I was meditating on this verse today to share with you, I feel like at first glance, many of us would read that verse and you'd say, oh, I got it, Pastor Ray. Coronavirus. Yeah, COVID-19. That's the mountain that we need to move so we can get things back to normal, the way they used to be in this world. And though that may be true for some, what if for others, everybody, the coronavirus isn't the actual mountain that needs to be moved? Some of y'all right now, you like, uh, bruh, what you talking about? Stay with me for a minute. It's going to make sense. Uh, for some of us, COVID-19 may be the, the mountain. But what if for others of us, the coronavirus isn't the actual mountain that needs to be moved. Rather, it is the very instrument that Jesus is using to make us stand still. Shut everything down around us in order to, for us to face the real mountains that are in our lives. You know, the mountains of marital and family neglect. The mountains of power and control, the mountains of doubt and fear, the mountains of worry and regret, the mountain of unbelief. It, though, these are the things that we could have easily escaped from and hid behind about six, seven weeks ago, right? We could run away from this stuff, but not so much anymore. And, and, and I feel like I'm on assignment today, everybody, to make sure that while we're staring in the face of this major distraction of a mountain called COVID-19, that we not miss quite possibly the real mountains that Jesus wants us to be looking at. Mountains that have been in our life and our family's lives for years 
and we've never had the courage to face the mountains that have been there for so long. We don't even recognize them as a mountain anymore because instead of moving them, we've just developed mechanisms to cope with them, to point them to the point to where everyone else sees it as a mountain but us. I was so intrigued this week in talking to Ray about today's message. I think he's so right about how we look at the mountains in our lives. We feel like our real struggles are the obvious big things that seem to be keeping us in a difficult place. If it's not COVID-19 that's keeping you down, maybe it's your relationship with a spouse or with a friend, or it's your job that you just get no joy from whatsoever. But what if, what if the things that are the real mountains in our life are completely different from that? What if the mountain that you and I need to see dissolved in our lives is something more of the heart? You know, I specifically asked Aaron and Gretchen in that testimony a little bit ago, what was it that seemed harder for God to do? To overcome the mountains of the finances and the regulations that you had to get through in your adoptions? Or was it the, to overcome the things in your heart that were making the process more difficult? And without even having to think about it, they both exclaimed that it was their hearts that needed to be fixed. If you're anxious right now, are you waiting for God to move the physical mountains in your life, the, this horrible virus or your financial struggles or your failing relationship? Or do you really need more for God to move the spiritual and emotional mountains that are keeping you from trusting Him in the midst of the physical mountains that you face? Yeah, I actually think Jesus makes it pretty clear in Matthew 17 that our mountains are movable. And if they're movable, he's not talking about moving the things that we have absolutely no control over. You and I can't control how or when this virus thing passes us, unless you're like a world-renowned scientist or something, I guess. But with the help of Jesus, we can control how we deal with this mountain to where the mountain is, is moved in terms of how we let it affect us. You and I can't control how or when we're struck by tragedy, but with the help of Jesus, we can control how we deal with that mountain. That mountain can actually be moved from the forefront of everything that we think about and worry about, and we can see it moved and shrunk to a place where it, it can be more easily managed and dealt with. But how do we see these mountains moved in our lives? Jesus makes it clear that it starts with the little thing, this very little thing sometimes, that we call faith. So let's go back and hear just a little bit more teaching from Ray on this idea of faith. The simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed, another version of the Bible says a mustard seed, say. And everybody, I want to try to give you a visual of what this looks like. Now, I got in my hand, I'm going to come up to the camera real close so you can see. I got a, I got a seed. I got a kernel. The Bible says a kernel. This is a popcorn kernel right here. Can y'all see that? Can you see it? Can you see it? Look how tiny this seed is compared to me. But listen, the Bible says, uh, uses that word kernel more as an adjective than a noun. This word kernel actually describes just how big uh, the seed needs to be. It's not this type of kernel. He says a kernel of faith, say the size of a poppy seed or a mustard seed. So I'm going to come in real close. Because this thing is super tiny. Now, you might be able to not, not be able to see this, but can you see that black dot on the index finger, on the point of my index finger? Can you see that black dot? Yeah, this is a poppy seed. 
I mean, this thing is beyond tiny. It's literally a minuscule. In other words, can I say it like this? Jesus basically is saying, all you need is this amount of faith and I'll do the rest. That's so powerful, isn't it? All you need is this small, tiny amount of faith and Jesus will do the rest. It's pretty awesome. He's not asking for me to be supernatural in my faith, but to have faith in him as the supernatural one. In other words, you're not putting your faith in yourself. You're putting your faith in Jesus, the real mountain mover. Could it be that the mountain you're trying to move, you're trying to move it on your own, in your own might, in your own name? We move mountains in the name of Jesus. We move mountains under the submission of Jesus and his authority. He's the one who called creation into being with a word. He's the one who's capable of moving mountains. And the mountains are only going to move in your life when you're living in submission to Jesus and the authority that he has over those mountains. Remember this, you don't have authority to move mountains on your own. So quit trying. It requires faith in Jesus as your starting point. That's how we move mountains. How do you see mountains moved in your life? You put a little bit, just a little bit of faith in Jesus and you trust him to do the moving. But with that, trust Jesus to move what really needs to be moved. I remember wishing that God would change my circumstances when I was dating my wife before we were married. We, we dated for five years and three of those years we were at least a two hour or more drive apart from each other and I hated it. I felt like God needed to make us live closer so that I could keep that relationship going strong because I knew I wanted to marry her. But God didn't need to move us physically closer to one another. He actually needed to move my heart closer to him so that I would eventually be the kind of guy that Crystal needed me to be when the mountain of physical distance was no longer in the way. Jesus needed to move a mountain, but it wasn't the mountain that I thought needed moving. Man, I think about how easy it is to sit and complain about having to be at home all the time and to not see friends and to not be able to go to church and we've got to wear masks and we've got to do all this stuff. Yeah, there's some things that really stink about not being able to do everything that we want to do the way that we want to do it right now. But is that the bigger mountain to your joy and happiness? Or is it the way that your heart is positioned right now that's actually the bigger mountain to your joy and happiness? The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 4, uh, verses 11 through 13. This is, this is not the first time that I've used these verses in the last few months. He wrote this, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Notice Paul wasn't saying that he was content because God had moved the physical mountains in his life. God's strength is not in moving our physical mountains. The strength of God is seen most evident when he moves the heart of a person to be content in all the circumstances. The strength of God isn't seen most as he moves the mountains that are getting in the way of the Kingsley's, Kingsley's adoptions. The strength of God is most seen when he enters into the hearts of two girls from Ukraine who were orphaned and who were hurting and who now know that they are children of God first and foremost, that they are loved enough 
by God that he would send Jesus to die for them to redeem their beautiful hearts. That's where we see the strength and power of Jesus. As he works to move the mountains that have formed in our hearts, as he breaks down the barriers between us and himself, trust Jesus to move your heart mountains, even when those physical mountains can't be moved. And you might say, well, if Jesus is really God, he can move any mountain. Why does he have to move only the mountain that's the mountain in my heart? Why can't he move the mountain outside of my heart that's causing me so much pain? Here's the best answer that I have for you today. And maybe it's not a great answer, but it's the best answer I think I've got. If you let God move the mountains in your heart, the mountains of fear, uh, the mountains of distrust and jealousy and self-centeredness and greed, if you let God move those mountains, no other mountain will become too big so as to get in your way to where it's unclimbable. If you let God move your heart to the place that he wants it to be at, literally anything that gets thrown in your way will be a mountain that you can move. You may not change what that thing is, but you'll be able to swat away its effect in your life. It's just off to the side like it was nothing, like it was a little tiny mosquito. <laughs> Today, what are the mountains that have formed in your heart that you need to let Jesus move? Are you willing to Put just a little bit of faith in Jesus today and say, you know what? I don't need you to move all the physical mountains around me. I first need you to move in my heart. All the ways that are keeping me from being content, move those mountains, God, in any, of, any and every situation. Josh is actually going to come and he's going to lead us one more time in a song. Man, I tell you, this song I think is perfect for today. The song is called Breakthrough. And I want us to ask God to make a breakthrough in our hearts today. Whatever the breakthrough it is that you need God to make in your heart, as Josh is singing this song with Kaya, uh, let's ask God to make that breakthrough, to break through the mountains of our hearts. God, we thank you so much that no mountain is big enough for you. And God, some of us are facing mountains that, that they're these physical things in our lives that we feel are there that, that are, are keeping us from being content, but the real mountain is the mountains that, are, that have been formed inside of our hearts. God, I pray that you'd break down those barriers, break down those walls and those mountains that are keeping us from you, that are keeping us from living life in the joyful kind of way that, that you desire for us to. God, help us that no matter what the conditions are, that like Paul, we might, might be able to say, I have become content in everything. God, give us that kind of contentment today. Give us a breakthrough. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.